Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell that dancing diva at the bar, the cutie slinging the drinks, and the DJ spinning the tracks. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. Now, what you're about to listen to is an episode that I've been holding on to for a while. Why is it only being released now? Well, Daddy was busy! A lot has happened since this interview was conducted, so be sure to follow this bitch to fill in the blanks. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Sometimes I feature incredible guests at a certain moment in time, and then a lot happens since their appearance that is not chronicled in podcast form. And now is the time to change that. This is an opportunity to give guests who have taken part in the quintessential block talk interview to come back and talk about what they've been up to and put a spotlight on some of their upcoming projects. Welcome to the Block Talk Back. And back on the pod is former Miss Stonewall, the delightful and stunning pocket rocket of dance, Hibiscus. How are you? I'm doing well. Aloha, everyone. Yes. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you. You've been, you've been so, busy. You've been I'm busy. very busy. <laughs> um, I, I, and, I, there's like two different eras of hibiscus, pre-COVID and post-COVID. <laughs> literally. Um, and that's what's exciting about what I'm doing with this feature, because we'll talk about a little bit of the things that people may or may not know about you, they, or they can go back to that first interview. But a lot has changed, and a lot has evolved and i you i feel like have exploded in a way um yes i'd like to think so it's funny because i find myself like thinking when i first started i'm like i hope to be the brita filter i hope to be you know i have to i hope to be jasmine rice where i'm working every day and do this for a living and fast forward to now i'm like that's where I am. And I'm like, yeah, what my next goals are. <laughs> I mean, be careful what you wish for, because they might actually come true. It, it, it's truly. <laughs> um, but the, one I will mostly joking here. But one thing that has definitely changed about you is you're no more sweet hibiscus. You, you are the shady bitch of New York City. And the amount of people who have come on this podcast and said that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I, I'm the worst at like thinking <laughs> about things and just saying it out loud without, you know. But you know what? The reason why you're allowed to do it is because you are a kind, respectful person. So when you do have shit to say, it's because it has a reason and purpose to do so. <laughs> I like listen, to think that, yes. Listen, Facebook fights, I know they're not as prevalent anymore, but that was beautiful. That was wonderful to watch. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like to be part of the drama, but if I, I feel like I need, I have to say something, I will. I'm that type of Absolutely. person. Absolutely. 
Well, we are going to start with our first segment called Since You've Been On, uh, where I'm going to share a couple things and we're going to find out how things have changed. So let's start there. What's new since you were last interviewed in July of 2018 for episode 72? A lot. I feel like at that moment, I didn't have any weekly mm-hmm. gigs. They were all monthly. I was just telling this too close to my close um, group of friends in nightlife that before COVID, I had, I've been wanting a weekly. And now I work like five days a week, which yeah. I am grateful for. So that's one thing that's different. Um, another thing is you, if you're going to make drag of your job and of your business, you really truly have to invest in it. And mm-hmm. I know where I lacked, and that was my hosting skills. Like, I know I can perform and dance and captivate an audience that way. But in New York City, if you really want to make it, you need to be able to talk to people. No Absolutely. matter if there's 10 people or there's 100 people, you need to be able to command that. So I invested in taking improv classes. Oh, nice. I don't, make, I don't put that out publicly because I feel like it's one of those things like, Queens who always have to put things out like, oh, I took a sewing class. I took an improv class. I did this. Like, we get it. Like, you know, show us how you've improved instead right. of telling. So I've kind of been that type of person where I'm like, I know where I lacked and I know what I need to do to improve, to make this like a serious um, career for myself. Yeah, I, I feel like self-awareness is a thing a lot of drag artists in New York City lack. Um, not to be too shady, but it's a thing. Like, as a viewer... I'm able to see what's working, what's not working, but it's not necessarily my place to tell that person. They have to figure it out on their their own. So the fact that you were able to figure that out on your own and take the steps necessary to do that, that's fucking incredible. And I hope it inspires other people to follow suit. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Because I, like, I, I literally went around the city and look at all the queens that I like and I want to be in their position in my future and I'm like you know what they all have in common is that likability and able to talk to people and that's where I realized I need to work on you know what was the biggest thing you learned in the improv class um it's so cliche but yes and never put anyone Mm -hmm. down and um I had a great improv um like teacher that said laugh at yourself first before you laugh at anyone that way they know it's lighthearted. they know everything is just a joke and nothing is serious so they're that's one thing they said is like, if you're able to like laugh at yourself before you make, like before you pick on anyone, they're going to know it's, you know, coming from a good place and not just, and keep the energy like at that level. That's incredible. All right. So next, how long does it take to, for you to get into drag? Your answer was an hour and 30 minutes. How are we doing? I can get into drag in 45 minutes. now. <laughs> Look at you cutting it in half. Wow. <laughs> Um, I I prefer to take the hour, hour, 15 minutes if I have to and if I could. But when you're busy, you try to find shortcuts so you Literally. can accommodate more time for other things. Mm-hmm. Now, how many new wigs and looks do you have since 2018? Oh, I mean, you, you've stepped up that fashion game. I did. Um, like, I have a bunch of Whoa. wigs. <laughs> Um, the last time I counted, and I haven't gotten to the wigs yet, but I have three small wardrobe boxes worth of clothes and one large, um, wardrobe boxes of clothes right now as I'm moving. And I'm on my fourth large box of just bodysuits and leotards. I don't know the amount. I did not want to count. <laughs> <laughs> so you never, you're not an outfit repeater, are you? 
I try not to be. I, I'm one of those people who, in my notes, I'm kind of OCD with this, where I go through every, there's a notes for all my gig and what song mm-hmm. I perform. So oh, I don't I repeat. That. I don't repeat the same number in two weeks per se unless mm-hmm. someone really requested it and gave me a really good tip then yes I mean let's let's be honest you have fans you have people who come out to see you <laughs> weekly so you need you need to keep it fresh yes and then the same with my outfit I have like you know I put a note on what I wore there so I don't repeat the same outfit for the same gig so um, who are some of your favorite uh, collaborators nowadays or um, costumes and, and wigs, if you if you ever get and some wigs, styled. Um, for costumes, definitely Pieretta. Pieretta mm-hmm. has my. I think Pieretta and I both kind of fit the same things, so I trust them to just you know put it on themselves and it'll fit me. And my friend Victor Luna, who was on Project Runway, um, and all and all stars for Project Runway, like we've connected since I moved to New York, and yeah, he's been part of the Hibiscus journey since the beginning. I know he. Has like huge clientele now, like um, Shea Coulee. He does a lot of mm-hmm, stuff for mm-hmm. Shea Coulee. And also he signed an NDA, but I think by the time this podcast will be released, he did some of Beyonce's outfit for this visual. <laughs> okay, no big deal. Uh-huh. Well, obviously they're both ready for Team Hibiscus. Should Hibiscus <laughs> ever get the call for any television program anywhere in the world, right? Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, those are my top two like favorite designers. I started working with 10 Yards. I have my first piece and I love it. Um, I hope to build more with my like, you know, fashion mm-hmm. designer um, collaborators. But sometimes when you know something works, you just want to keep that relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as far as wigs, I go with Acacia. Acacia mm-hmm. is so amazing. And I just tell her what I want and she gets it done in like the first yeah. try. She's great. Yeah. Right. This this is, I know you're not going to be able to give me an answer, but you can guesstimate. How many brunches have you hosted or guested at? Wait, like if it's the same brunch, that counts as one weekly, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how many brunches and not a lot. Um, I'd say like 24. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, because you do them so often, that number would go up, too. You probably have done almost one a week. Yeah. That's crazy. What is it about brunch that works for hibiscus? um, I look good in day drag. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's that's the challenge for a lot of drag artists. (laughs) That's beneficial on my part. I always feel Mm -hmm. that because I'm like, I can pass for, you know. (laughs) a woman sometimes that they don't think i'm a drag queen um Mm -hmm. also the numbers i perform are very top 40 and a lot of people recognize them right away so it works i don't do a lot of comedy which is very specific with like Mm -hmm. when you do a comedy mix it's like works perfectly at a bar when you're on stage and you can interact with audience like that but for a brunch audience they just want the music to keep going sometimes depends how lit and how drunk they are already so I feel like that's why it works for me because I just do a straight through dance number and they're just enjoying it. Now, obviously you've gotten to work at Fresco's Cantina, La Pulperia. What are some of the best items on their menu? Ooh, um, at Pulperia, they're pulled pork tostadas. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Yes. 
And then at um, Fresco's, all of their tacos. I've like been on a taco journey. I've convinced mm. all my guests so far to try the shrimp tacos and they love it. Like Robin Fierce love it. Dev Doe loved it. Um, Petty Cash. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I told them like try all their tacos, but I think the um, shrimp one is my favorite. <laughs> I've always loved, loved the quesadillas that they would have on the weekends. Oh my God, so good. Yes, so that too. And the nachos. See, it's just a mm-hmm. lot, but I, you, I have to pick one. <laughs> I know, right? All right. How many Glam Awards have you been nominated for? Not a lot. I I think I feel like I've been nominated for Best Dance every year for the last the last three times, but um, not not including the COVID year, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I've been nominated for Breakthrough Artists and Best Host this last Glam Award. With um, best duo, sorry, not best host. That's Jacqueline. Best duo with Katrina Lovelace. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, I'm an eight-time loser so far. Um, it's been great. I won I zero it. too. So <laughs> um, maybe I'm. 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 Listen, I am trying. Listen, if I just get one win for podcast, that's all I ask for. But fucking Monet Exchange keeps beating me. It's not fair. I, I, I she doesn't even go have, here. Um, I feel like if they're not local enough, they should not be able to get on the ballot. We'll see how I campaign again this year. I, I'm very, I'm very proud of what I did. But um, how many drag babies in New York City have been born, and how many drag children have you had? Oh my God! I feel like there's a whole lot of people that were having drag sex and had produced drag babies during COVID. <laughs> they all came out feeling like they need to be handed the nightlife community. Um, <laughs> yeah, they had. Uh, that's a topic I should have chosen. Um, and then I only have one drag baby, and that is yeah. Essence. Yes. Well, okay. Let I want to hear the story. How did Essence officially become your child? Um, it fits. It works. Because when it when I first saw Essence perform at the Ritz, they performed Rihanna's Skin, and that's like one of my go to number. And I'm like, oh, if this bitch performs this really sexy, that is my kid. And then so she did. She did it the very Essence way. And I was just in love with her. And then I asked her to be my guest um, December 2018, I believe, at Stonewall, my show. And I just like fell in love with her. And then I told uh, Misty Mountains once that if I ever have a drag daughter, it's going to be Essence. And she said, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Look at that. So I was like, oh, I've got to make her my drag daughter first. and getting to know Jackson, like the Astoria community, I just gotten closer to Essence. So it wasn't until the pandemic that the relationship evolved. And I just told her, like, to be honest, I've never won a drag daughter, but if it would be someone, it would be you. And then she like expressed how she would, I would, she would love to be my mother. And so it just naturally came together. And like, let's and, announce And you it. had a beautiful um, photo shoot to have reveal it. We did, we did, but it's um, it's amazing. And she always jokes. She's, she's like, even if you weren't my mother, I'd still be doing drag. But because you are my mother, a lot of people have been booking me. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean it, it's it's fair because there there is a bit a of a um, desire to at least know the people that you're booking are good people, depending on who they're affiliated with. Yeah, and then she's um, yeah, she's a great performer. She like sticks to who she is. And I love that. And a lot of people were telling me, you better not change her makeup, you know, as soon as I announced she was my daughter. I'm like, no, I, she's my daughter because of her ability to perform. I like, I love that. Now, as a mother, 
what is one piece of advice you'd give for your daughter? Um, to always be on time. Good advice. That's great advice. All right, next. Um, so, How okay. many times have you seen six? <laughs> I do not want to admit this. The standing room count. Yes, of course it counts. <laughs> All right, just for you, I will admit it. I've seen it 20 times. Wow, that's uh, well, good for you. Um, I, I, we all know that I'm a, standing. That's that that works. I'm. A, we all know that I'm a theater queen. Uh, I love theater. The most I've ever seen one show was Spring Awakening, which I saw eight times. So you are beating me. Um, now uh, we'll we'll talk about six ish momentarily. But do you have a favorite queen? Who's your Absolutely. favorite? Absolutely. Absolutely. My favorite is Anne Boleyn. And I think everyone mm-hmm. loves Anne Boleyn. And the only reason why I didn't want her, um, I didn't want to play her in six-ish because I hate green. I do not want to wear green. There it is. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> Anne Boleyn's song is just perfect. It if is. I, Kat- Katrina kills it. Were, when... yeah, right. If I were ever to do a one-night-only drag f- extravaganza, that would be my set list. It's so fun. It's so stupid. No, it's, she's my favorite. Um, but my second choice is... Um, Aragon, and then my third would have been Kay Howard, but Anita D did not want to do anyone else. But I told Anita, well, you better paint beautifully because you can't say you're the tens amongst us threes. This is the shadiness that they talk about backstage because I'm just honest. (laughs) I love it. Now, when we first spoke in 2018, the question was, what drag artists have you yet to work with that it's on your wish list? Your answer was Poppy and a colonoscopy. Did you get to work with them? Um, I have worked with um, Nicole, but never Poppy. Oh, damn. Well, Poppy might, might be a little harder to work with her soon. Uh, I don't know. Just, just, just a rumor. I don't know. Just a rumor. Um, let's now ask that question for today. Who, what drag artists have you yet to work with that are on your wish list? Monet Exchange. <laughs> Fine, go f- start a podcast with Monet. <laughs> go have fun. You'll win a podcast from a Glamour for podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I've always wanted to work with other. Um... Well, I've always wanted to work with um, Manila. Mm-hmm. That's on my wish list, and I think it just it might just happen. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. fun. <laughs> maybe in october <laughs> i'm exciting i i adore manila um i i i uh, at the time of recording the first two episodes of drag race philippines has um been revealed and watched again. i haven't seen episode two yet but um it's really just beautiful to see filipino and drag I, and i wish she was there i really wish and she was i know there. three of the queens that's on so it's it's uh, yeah who, can you can you share who you know um corazon mm-hmm Minty Fresh and Brigading. Nice. Um, there, the, we'll talk about Corazon one day. She's 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 a character. She's uh, also she, made some of my outfits. Shipped it yeah. all the way from the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, she she's definitely been a character. This that first episode I watched. Huge, huge smile. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I, I I've always wanted to work with other Rue girls. Still being a mm-hmm. local queen, but specifically other Asian Rue girls. And Manila's Absolutely. on the list. Um. Yeah, she's actually the, her and Juju are like the ones that I would love to work with. Yeah, that'd be amazing. All right, you 
and your castmates have ignited a fire within nightlife with your smash hit production of Sexish. Tell us about the show and tell us how it came to be. Um, the show came to me. I jokingly like seen six for the sixth time, and I uh, <laughs> and I expressed to Peaches, I was like, I would love to, I would love to do this as like a drag tribute, like full costume, full choreography, and. So I just said that to Peaches and then Egypt came and was like, I do this, I want to too. And then I went to see Six with Celestina and Celestina expressed the same. And then it was just a matter of who else can fill up, you know? And Mm -hmm. Katrina just got into Broadway this year, but she fell in love with Six. So she was on board and Anita, who's never seen Six, was on board and then finally saw Six just because she loves the music. Um, And then we wanted to keep it like as a BIPOC cast. And so that's how it came to be. It's just how our, we're all passionate about the show, but it was really um, Peaches and Lady Celestina who like gathered everyone, had a full meeting and then decided that this should be, this should happen. And knowing that all of our personalities are huge that, you know, we're going to stumble upon some things, but here we are. And it's been amazing. Yes, there has been like, you know, ups and downs as most productions mm-hmm. have their moment. I think you need to experience those just to be able to hold each other's hands a little tighter sometimes mm-hmm. and yeah, be there for one another. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's uh, amazing. The, the show obviously lends itself to drag queens because it is so, it is drag essentially. Um, the costumes alone are just so extravagant and stunning um, that it does fit in the world of, yeah, drag queens should be doing this. I remember yeah. um, there was um, one of Heidi Ho's shows before pandemic yes. before and, um, before Six Every came to Broadway. She did yes, um, like when they had the West night. End recording. I remember yeah. Heidi Ho, um, um, Coco Taylor, um, mm-hmm. Paris. Lahomie. Yeah, and it was it was a it was a lot of fun, and it really lent itself. I was like, this would be great, and y'all have picked it up, and I'm glad. I'm glad it's out there. Um, and you, you recently had some of um, the, the the ladies from the Broadway come see the show. Yes, well, a great a good friend of um, Peaches is an alternate for three of the queens, um, mm-hmm. Seymour, Parr, and Cleves, and who I also have become like good friends with. Um, so we have that connection. So we were able to like ask them to do our pre recording. So if you've seen Six Ish, we have Sam Polly who comes on and like mm-hmm. does the announcement. It's like, well, you're going to see some six-ish, you know? <laughs> so she yeah, that's, like a that's, little... that's amazing. Um, because maybe there, maybe there will be some sort of crossover. Um, it would be beautiful to, to see a drag queen in the show. It would be beautiful to see a trans performer in the show. And who knows? Maybe one day, maybe your show will help transport that to happen. Yeah, I, I hope so. Like they, the cast members that did come, um, they enjoyed it very much and expressed and they all followed us, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't have to do that on social media. <laughs> all right. So tell the listeners, who do you play? I play Catherine of Aragon, who was the first wife um, mm-hmm. of King Henry VIII. But before I married King Henry, I was married to his brother, King Arthur. Um, mm-hmm. But he died. <laughs> and I got divorced from him because he allegedly had other mistresses and stuff. <laughs> what is it like to play Aragon? What have you discovered about the character? 
she, I am playing her and watching the show so many times. I like just realized how she is the bad bitch of all of them because she really was, she was the first one who had to deal with his bullshit and kind of didn't want to put up with it, you know, and did her own thing. So I love seeing how powerful, no matter who plays her, I feel like they all have that little bit of um, Aragon that kind of like, yeah, I'm the boss bitch, you know, like they're, it's kind of like me where um, they don't really show any vulnerability because mm-hmm. I hate being vulnerable in front of people that I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. It's just one of those things I keep to myself. But when I break down, I do break down. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Lucy Moss, Toby Marlowe have really created this beautiful score that has um, really captivated audiences. Um, we actually, when we had... Before COVID, um, at Drag Array Star, the two of them were at one of their shows the night we did our Broadway week. And of course, we had Lauren Order sing um, uh, Heart of Stone to them. And that picture was really beautiful to have them there. Um, why is this show resonating? Um, because it's educational in a modern way, too. Mm-hmm. It's like um, the show, I think, does historically say a lot of factual things and events but at the same time it gets you to actually be interested in learning more about history and also it's very similar to how people are being treated today right with you know like the whole um women abuse sexual sexual abuse and also mm-hmm. judging people by how they look kind of situation you know you can't really you don't never know how a person just because they look a certain way you shouldn't be judging them or talking down to them just because they speak or look different than you. Like, I think it resonates so much because it's actually things that we have today. Absolutely. (laughs) What is the biggest challenge of putting on a production show of this magnitude? Um, Having five other queens with attitudes and (laughs) personalities. It's hard because some of us, you know, can't pay attention or don't pick up choreography very well so you just have to be patient like that was the hardest part is it took us for my number specifically I think it took us like three two and a half practices meanwhile everyone else took like just one day yeah but um yeah just patient that's the beauty of theater yeah absolutely obviously monkeypox got the best of it I need a D and Lexington Bang stepped in how was it putting someone new into a show kind of like kind of like Broadway yeah it's it was it was scary um because we're like do we cancel the show because we need to be um as people in nightlife we should be you know the pioneers and set the standards mm-hmm. for something like this so we, it would be irresponsible for us to just wait till Monday and see if um I need to gets cleared but um, we do have other people who've been in other productions that said creatively, we should just ask someone and see who's willing to learn and sacrifice their time. And Lexington was did an amazing job to just jump in and do it. We sent um, Lexington all the videos we had from practices. And then she came to one last week Wednesday just to watch. And then she was physically put in to the number on Friday and Monday day of show. So she literally danced it with us for two practices. That's incredible. Um, it's like seven hours total. Look at her. Good for her. <laughs> now, obviously, with Lexington stepping in, have you had other people being like, I'll be an understudy. If you never need someone, I'll be an understudy. I'm jokingly, yes, but I don't know if they were sick. <laughs> <But there's laughs> hey, listen, if a joke's out there, you take it and say you're an understudy. 
No, yeah, but um, like still with the state of the world and you know our community, like you never know that made us like think that we should reach out to maybe one or a, one other queen, you know, to be an understudy. Because mm-hmm. um, like I we joke, but it's like you know we never know what might happen. Like I'm the only one in the cast that has never had COVID yet. Whoa, good yes. for you. But I I I check i mean i get tested like every week every two weeks now i'll be honest before it's like every week just to make sure but now i've been going every other week um and i still have it <laughs> it's, it scares me because i'm like i feel like when it's gonna get me i'm gonna <laughs> yeah why is six-ish important now six-ish is important because i i don't see a lot of people in nightlife putting on a production like this like with um so many queens they are putting production with just like a solo or a duo but i hope it's going to ignite and inspire other queens in our community to reach down their creative you know pockets mm-hmm. and minds and produce something like this because we as nightlife we are talented people we belong on stages like broadway we just got to show people and show the world yeah. that we can do it i think that's why it's important so i hope we inspire i personally inspire other queens in nightlife who have the ability and the talent to do something like this too yeah l- listen i have had this idea for a very long time i wanted to do it pre-covid never happened i want to do high school dragsicle it's going to happen at some point. So we joke. It's going to happen. Like, we're like, let's do Beetlejuicy next. Let's do, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. But no one steals high school drags, drags a goal. I'll no, find no, no, you. No, that, I'll get you. you. Um, I, had an, I had an entire cast, like dream cast ready to go. And then COVID, I was like, well, we'll put a pin on it. And now, now, now the mind is having And that's ideas. why I, I hope it inspires people to actually yeah. like just band together and make a production like, you know yeah absolutely something like, something like all right we're going to move into just three things before the show i asked you to send me three themes or topics and now we are going to dive into those topics do you have a preference to which one we start with no let's just go into it let's do with let's go with movies we love okay what is your favorite movie one of my favorite movie is practical magic with sandra bullock and Nicole wow Kidman. did yes. not expect that from you okay yes. what is it about that movie um just the bond between two different sisters but like still willing to be there for one another being Mm -hmm. in my like family of my siblings I was I'm like was never close to any of my siblings there's four of us I'm the third of four and I think that's something I've always wanted because I'm like I'm Mm -hmm. so different than them why can't they still love me for me and what I do um so that was just something in growing up like I know I was different but yeah, my I never got close to my sisters or my brother, so <laughs> that's something I always wanted. Um, and I always thought I was a witch growing up because of how different I was. <laughs> right, and, and now with Jinx Monsoon winning, everyone's a witch. Yes, <laughs> I I have to admit I've never seen the movie. Um, I'm pretty bad with when it comes to '90s movies that were geared toward adults because I didn't really watch many many of those. But if I did watch anything during that like time spam, it was always classic comedy. So like some of my favorite movies are the Mel Brooks movies like Young Frankenstein, Spaceballs. Yes. I, I adore Clue. But my favorite movie ever, and I know people will be like, you're an idiot. My favorite movie is Rat Race. I just love it so much. It's so stupid. Have you seen Rat Race? 
I have not, but I've seen like oh, little clips. My God, it's now so I good. have to see it. Now I have to see um, it. I like see practical magic ago, and I'll see rat race. Right, absolutely. I think it was yeah, two years ago for Halloween, I um dressed as Kathy Bates from Rat Race. Um, um yeah, crazy. I um what makes middle- you in, like what what is it about rat race that well, okay, you know I'm obsessed with reality TV. This yes. movie is inspired by um, the, I believe, 60s film, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World, uh, where it's a bunch of people racing to try to win, get money that's in a locker. So this yeah. is like the modern spinoff of that. Um, and this was kind of technically right as like The Amazing Race was coming on. So I was like, this is so cool, because it was like duos going out to try to get this money. Um, and the cast is brilliant. You have Whoopi Goldberg, you have Cuba Gooding Jr., um, uh, Breckin Meyer. Um, it's such a fun, funny cast of people. Rowan Atkinson is in it in a role that's even funnier than Mr. Bean. Um, and it's just stupid comedy. It's like literally stupid comedy. I can watch it over and over. Now I need to watch it. And still laugh at the same jokes that I've heard multiple times. It's so stupid. I love it. Um, all right. What other movies have you fallen for? <clears throat> Party Monster. I love okay. Party Monster. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bring It On, obviously, the first one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and growing up in Hawaii, the first movie that I ever was like, oh, my God, that is my home state where I live, Blue Crush. <laughs> Whoa, Blue Crush. Wow. That, okay, interesting. Uh, that, that's a throwback. Yes. <laughs> Can you um, surf? No. <laughs> have you ever wanted board. to learn? Can you, um, have I've, you wanted I've, to learn? I've attempted it, but I'm not very good at it. Yeah. It's just one of those yeah. things I'm like, oh, nope, not going to try to pursue this. It's like, I, I mean, I feel like the first movie set in Hawaii that I ever saw was Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah, no, but not, not a great representation, like... but um, have you ever seen it? Did you ever see an alien in uh, Hawaii? And, and no, I have never seen Pleakley. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be so cool. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love um, how much I want to go to Hawaii. And I've never been. And I really would go to Alani, which is the Disney. Um, the Disney resort. resort. Just because it's one Hawaii, two Disney. I'm like, what could be better? It's beautiful out there too. Because it's kind of, yeah. it's away from like the cityscape or Alani is. So mm-hmm. you kind of get like that tropical vibe. It's it's I great out there. Yeah. But um, it's um, just a long trip on the East Coast. <laughs> well, if I'm ever going to do it, I would take a little pit stop in LA for like a day or two and then travel. To As Hawaii. you should. Yes. Got to make a, if you're going to make a vacation, you got to think of it all. <laughs> there are too many people who are like, I'm just going to go on vacation and go on a whim. You can't do that. No. no. You plan it all. Because then you miss something important. Yeah. What has been your favorite movie like the last three, four years? I just stumbled upon um, Remember Me during the pandemic with Robert Pattinson okay. about the 9-11. And right. I've never, I don't, I, I don't cry a lot during movies, but that movie has got me. Yeah. Like tears just came down and I'm like, I didn't even know I had all these tears. <laughs> do, you, do you enjoy historical inspired movies? I do. I do. Yeah. I, I get in, get through these moments where I'm like, I just, I want to watch history. I want to learn. And then, of course, you go on the Wikipedia page and be like, this was wrong. This was wrong. This is artistic liberty. But yeah. I just, I love learning about the history that I don't know. Um, and that's like, even when I do listen to other podcasts, because 
I don't really have time to listen to my, most podcasts. Most of the time, it's like to help me fall asleep. So I will listen to um, history-inspired podcasts. And th- there uh-huh. are things that I learned that I'm like, why did we never learn about this in school? Like um, the American-Filipino War. Why was that never taught in schools? <laughs> Come on, people. We, we fucking were terrible. <laughs> yes, that. Um, yeah, I, I do the same thing. I, I just, I was on a, every time on a plane ride, I always look for a movie that's kind of like historical. Um, and so on my way back from Europe, I was watching Mary Queen of Scots. Ooh, cute, cute. I, I didn't even know that that movie was out there, but it was really good. Let's move on to another topic. Let's do must know songs. Oh, yeah. Must know songs. Now, is this in, in, just in general, or you mean like must know songs for drag? Drag means if you don't know the song, you suck. For drag, like it doesn't have to be a drag roulette, but if someone like were to request it, like mm-hmm. especially if they're gonna give you fifty dollars, I was very right. surprised. Um, I asked, I, I made this a topic because I went to a show. They didn't do drag roulette or anything, but someone um handed a queen fifty dollars to do Celine Dion. It's all coming back, and the queen did not know the song. Drop that name right now. No, I'm not going to drop it here. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, how do you? Okay, okay, fine. That's fine. Um, but that's, all, that's because... what I was like. Let me do this. It's not yeah, just for roulette. Because that song is demanded quite often. I had a former friend <laughs> uh, who would always, whenever we would see Heidi, would force her to do Celine Dion. And she had to start going through a rotation because she would always be doing that song. Um, of course, my friend wanted the full seven-minute cut, and no drag queen really wants to do that cut unless you're Misty Mountains. Um, yes, Misty will do it. I was gonna say, she will do it, uh, and not even for fifty dollars. She'll do it for free. But um, <laughs> wow, okay, no, yeah, this, great. Because I've been, I've, been, I've, I've done shows where I'm like, people will tell me to do like, you know, do like do Taylor Swift, do. You know Beyonce because it's not on my set. It's not on my set list for the night. But if I'm like, if you got money, sure. You know, yeah. and it's one of those things. Yeah, I. I mean, I've always joked many times. It's like if I could ever open drag you, uh, one of the classes would be about what music you need to learn because it's not a requirement to know every single song ever, but you should know the basics. You should be able to pull out any artist and say, okay, I know at least one of their songs. Put that one on. We can yes. make it work. Yes. Um, but again, when it comes to like someone like Britney or, or I mean, I got Celine. stuck on the Taylor Swift. I they I got stuck with style. I was like, you couldn't give me like Shake It Off. They gave me right, style. right, especially because <laughs> Shake It Off is a drag song. You dance to it. Style, you can't do much with it. Yeah. But, oh God, don't. Oh, now we put it in. What's the, the what, what's what are um three songs that you think people should know? Okay, for a solo. Um, the, I mean, uh, it's all coming back to me now. Is absolutely required. Yes. Um, I would say, hmm, who probably another one on my list is nine to five, Dolly. Well, yes, nine to five would be a great one. I, I would say probably like I'm coming out is, is an important one, especially yes. because if you're a drag queen nowadays, you're going to get booked for a gig uh, during Pride, and that's right, that's to a go to. Um, and, and I, my third, hmm. I want to dance with somebody. That would be yes. That's a that's a good one. I was gonna um, nowadays I would almost put the uh, share ABBA mashups and put one of them as um, necessity because you you have share doing Waterloo. Oh, it fits two boxes right there. Um, 
maybe that's the next show. Okay, you have six this. I'm gonna produce a share Abba show. That's it. That's show was, oh my god, you should. <laughs> oh my god, that would be insane. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is a great topic. Now, when it comes to like duo songs, I think everybody, you just you gotta know both parts of Define Gravity. Yes, Define Gravity. You just gotta know it. Yes. How many times have you had to perform that song? And which oh, part gosh. do you normally play? Um, I usually do Glenda. Because the, the other queen I perform with is usually the Broadway queen, so they want, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> what other duo songs? Do you know Let Me Be Your Star? Let Me Be Your Star, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like trying to think duo. Now it's Rain On Me. You kind of have to know yeah. that. Right. Um, I guess you could also add um, Enough Is Enough. Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, if you're with Misty or Sherry Poppins, you get that's gonna happen. <laughs> yes, it know is. Both parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Um, yeah, I think this this is a good topic because I think there are a lot, there's a lot of music everyone should be familiar with. I'm not saying like when a new song pops up, you need to learn it right away. Should you be off book for Renaissance now? Probably not, but maybe know a song or two and yes. you know someone's gonna request it. Um, yes. but I think it's also kind of important for you know queens who don't consider consider themselves Broadway queens to at least know the, like the basics of like maybe something like everything's coming up roses uh, defying gravity just just anything the basics. from rent <laughs> exactly um because you never Hansen, know you can you got it <laughs> yeah you never know what you're going to be asked and in lit, honestly nowadays because y'all you, you should probably know the score of six <laughs> just, just, just as a warning no yeah you should no, I, I don't consider myself a Broadway queen, but I've always loved and appreciate, like, you know, musical theater and plays. That's something I've always go, um, gone to see when I was in Arizona. Anything that was on tour, I would go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't consider yeah. myself a Broadway queen, but I have enough knowledge to understand. Are there any, are there any shows that you're looking forward to? Oh, some like it hot. Okay, exciting. Um, so I'm going to tell you the show that I'm excited to see, and I know you're going to go see probably 20 times. K-pop? <laughs> no, it's Anne Juliet. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a fun pop. story, pop music that everybody actually knows. Oh, that show's going to yes. blow up. Um, I cannot wait. So I did not excited. get my tickets yet, but I did get my tickets to some like it a hot and K-pop early access. <laughs> K-pop is going to be fun. Um, I didn't get to see it when it was at Ars Nova, but I heard nothing but amazing things. And I know they've yeah. made it even grander. So that's I just, very exciting. I just don't like the theater that it's in. It's that circle one where Once on This Island was. <sighs> yeah, it's, it, it's cheap. It's easier to produce a show there. Um, less yeah. seats, easier to fill, easier to say, look, we're sold out. I know. That's the producing side. I get it. All right. This topic. Let's see. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Fave local queens. Oh. Now, before we hear your list, I'm just going to now put it out there. And um, I'm, I'm not sure who my panel is going to be yet, but we're doing a new segment called Block Talk Think Tank, where I take fandoms or things and we're going to brainstorm new ideas. Like one of them is going to be... Um, overlays and rethemes of Disney rides, like what we would like to see some rides turn into, obviously inspired by Princess and the Frog taking over Splash Mountain. So we're going to do that. But one of the think tanks I'm going to be doing is, and I'm going to word it properly, New York drag artists we would like to see on Drag Race. Not saying they should be on it or whatever, who we would like to see. And you're obviously on my list. So just putting that out there. But who are some of your favorite local queens? That I would like to see. 
No, just in oh. general. Oh, my favorite I'm just, local I was queens. just preface. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. My favorite local queens. Um, One is Cora Kelly. She that is not ball. She is freaking nuts and just goes all in every single time. And like, I appreciate a queen who does something that I don't do, but like goes 110% in mm-hmm. that area just as much as I, I would in what I do. Um, no, she is one of my favorite local queens. Um, another one is Keisha Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with Keisha now at this um, Friday show, Melanated, has taught me so many things and just to be really grateful um you know with the opportunities that's given to you absolutely and yeah i'm like trying to think because i i don't want to say the people that i work with because they all know i adore and love mm-hmm. them um another local queen that i love is petty cash um mm-hmm. i don't know if she knows this but like every time i get to see her perform i'm just in awe with yeah. her charisma and able to just be who she is and just perform you know <laughs> yeah oh i mean for me petty's very special to me because i i literally was there when she was born like i i've seen her through her journey and she has just glown up so beautifully yeah no i, I never really expressed it to her like how much i love to watch and appreciate her so freaking much um but i do <laughs> yeah i mean for me to answer this question obviously whatever i say i'm gonna get in trouble someone's gonna be, be mad at me um, but you have always been one of my favorite local queens, again, because of your talent, because of how sweet and kind you are, and because you know how to entertain, you know how to make people stay and watch and not just sit on their phone and like wait for the next performer to come on. You make people entertained. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, someone I adore and love, um, and I've told her this, um, I love Pixie Aventura. Pixie's amazing. I love Pixie. I adore Brenda Darling. Oh, so much. And the fact that she was like, yeah, I just turned 40. I was like, fuck you, first off. Also, you're you're doing things that 10-year-olds can do only. Like, you can split and trick and dip and, okay, good for you, girl. No, yeah, Brenda Brenda is amazing. She's so good. All all your dancers are incredible. And I think I had mentioned it to you at one point, another show that I want to produce at some point, um, is dancing with the drag stars where you yes. pair up you dancers with people like me or people like two-face um and who are not dancers but come on one night of us dancing with someone that'd be fun that actually would be amazing that i think if i'm if going to do it out there and need a I night know, <laughs> i i what i would like it to, i would like it to be a fundraiser type thing um because i think it should be a celebration um but oh 2023 God. we're gonna we're gonna make it happen um because i want to i i don't know how to dance but i want to learn a little bit you know yeah yeah no that'd be I so much we... fun do like one of our mega mixes <laughs> yeah it'd be so cute so all right we're, we're putting into the universe 2023 it's gonna happen um i just think that new york just has such a deep talent pool like we can s- probably sit here for two hours and go through a list of names that we oh yeah adore that's and, what, and it's so hard that I'm not like saying the sisters and the, my friends that I work with right now because mm-hmm. they all know I appreciate and love them. Yeah, it's it's a really really amazing scene. Um, I mean, obviously for me, I love I love Jax, I love Audrey because of course they are um, my winners. Um, Miss Nicole, even though she doesn't go yes. here no more, <laughs> um, she's she's doing fine in the West Coast. Um, 
but yeah, it's just, we have a really incredible pool and there are a lot of young performers that I admire and I look up to. I love like Hanukkah Lewinsky, um, Reese Havoc is fun. Um, Plasma La Rose, they're, they're, they're incredible. I've performers. worked with Hanukkah. I haven't worked with um, Plasma or Reese yet, but I know them and I, they're so, they're sweethearts. But Hanukkah, oh my God, I was blown away too. Like, I was like, okay, this is the new talent that's coming up. Yeah, she, she, she's funny. She's very, very funny. But yeah, the, the, the New York scene, I mean, you really could make its own version of Drag Race based off of New York. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, I have a question for you. I, I, I want to know, has nightlife changed since we last spoke? Yes, huge. Um, I feel like some bars fell down the hole and some some they're in different categories some bars really 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 try to diversify their cast but i think they go back to their old ways um i feel queens and performers in general are demanding more in their worth which is amazing um because i feel like it's they can't just use us as their puppets anymore you know what i mean right. you were bringing people in too um so i think i'm glad that queens are demanding more um there has been some unfortunate drama in new york city nightlife regarding the treatment of bipoc performers and staff what is it going to take to improve the scene for the better um i think what it takes is literally don't be afraid to um, book someone that's not your usual you know um performer like book Mm -hmm. someone that's new or have a week where you can feature monthly or something. I think you just need to diversify. I think we all love our regulars, you know? It's a staple to have, you know, Brenda, Pixie, Jasmine, Britta in Hell's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. But don't be afraid to, like, diversify the cast. Like, even if it's... It doesn't have to be a weekly, but it could be a monthly showcase Mm -hmm. of these different types of artists. Bring them from Brooklyn. Bring them from, you know, different parts in Astoria into Manhattan. And that's why I appreciate Pixie, who does her drag swap and features um, other drag artists for the full month that, you know, don't really perform in Manhattan or don't perform at that bar, which, like, we need more queens like that who's willing to spotlight other people. Absolutely. Now, we don't need to get into the specifics of what happened with a certain (laughs) bar. All 51 pages. (laughs) But um, one thing that is very striking that I'm not sure how to grasp myself is... We heard what happened. We've heard the allegations. We've heard people stand up and remove themselves from the situation. And yet there are other people deciding to put themselves into this situation because money is money. A gig is a gig. Is there room for that to happen? Should we be allowing them to have that space or, or is it better to shame them in a way and say, do you know what you're getting yourself into? Um, a little bit of both, I'd say. I genuinely went um, on my story, was it last week? I think I when think I came back week. from Europe. Yeah, when I said, like, so did we, did, is the two weeks up and that we forgive this said bar that's, like, the least favorite letter on the alphabet anyway? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a few response, and um, a lot of them said, I don't know, I never um, worked there, but I still wouldn't set a foot there until... Mm-hmm. They really do better. And then and other people responded, girls are just desperate for gigs. Um, and another person responded, well, have you noticed they went to Jersey to get girls <laughs> to perform in Manhattan? Like, there's just so many, like, opinions. But I don't think 
the community as a whole kind of forgive it forgive them yet because they haven't right. really shown anything and that's what i was genuinely asking like it's what have they done to really change things besides change their lineup like what about your staffing what about how you treat right. people that go into the bar because i have a group of friends that went and they said they were they still felt you know not welcome yeah it just for me it looks like just just a band-aid it looks like just face work like look we're, we're improving here's here's the money we gave I, I i don't know how to feel because it's not necessarily my battle to fight but when you have a new show and the two faces of that new show are two white queens it's like but what did you learn yeah that's why it's like is it um like there are friends who are still there that really like rely on you know drag and mm-hmm. being in nightlife as their income which i totally get i totally get so like that's why I said it's a little bit of both of, sh- both of shaming and, you know, knowing that that's their livelihood. It's um, right. it's it's a hard line to, like, mm-hmm. you know, cross. I, I think it's almost like we need them to hold the bar accountable. If you are going to be staffed by them, you need to call them out and be willing to call them out because that's now part of your job yes. in this sisterhood of nightlife. Like, I feel like if you witness any uh, mistreatment of any sort, I think they need mm-hmm. to, they are responsible of being the eyes now. Like, right. but like I said, I still haven't seen real change until then. I don't, I personally would not forgive that bar. Yeah. And, and you know what? It, time heals all wounds, they say. We'll see if that actually will happen. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give to the hibiscus who just started drag? Oh God! Um, the advice I would give to hibiscus, um, I kind of always tell myself this anyway too, is to be professional, treat people equally unless they do you wrong. Um, I still go by that. <laughs> I and that's why I think people will say I'm nice because I don't have any reason to mistreat you or be mean to anyone unless they really done something to me. Um, and you don't look pretty now or look good, but those are talents that can be learned. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're going to play a game. And it's everyone's favorite game. In this game, we're going to be called a second round of tea time. In this game, you are going to once again spill the tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, collaborators, enemies. The list is endless. Some are new since the last time we spoke. Others are your second chance to spill some new tea. Okay, okay. We are going to start off with Egypt. Egypt, oh God, I feel like New York City Nightlife tried to pin us against each other because we both do J-Lo and Kane Trick. But um, I think we're past that now. One thing I do appreciate about Egypt is she really cares for the people she care about. And she's really sensitive in the sense that she knows she can't text very well, but I always pick on her for that. I'm like, someone needs to take your phone away. And but when you guys do pick on her and about that, like a little tea is she's hurt. So <laughs> be kind to her if you understand what she means in her messed up Facebook status or text messages. Just know you're right. <laughs> and congratulations to Egypt, a new homeowner, which is fucking incredible. Oh yeah, we're like neighbors now. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, next up. Keisha Carr. Keisha Carr. Oh my God. Uh, she, I've learned so much like in the short time I've worked with her just to how to be on the mic and how to behave and how to book the gigs. Um, no tea really. It's just, she's 
genuine in the sense that if she really thinks you're you know you're doing it you're slaying it she'll let you know and if you're not she won't <laughs> so That's you kind of know where you stand with Keisha at all times mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't just give out compliments <laughs> all right next up we got peaches oh peaches i love that crazy bitch she kind of like called me she calls me i'm her drag auntie because mm-hmm. she tells me all the time that you get me together than my own mother and my own family <laughs> that's the tea um i'm always there for that bitch i'm so glad i met someone like her because she she's just a good time but and i always will look out for her i can't do her makeup for her sometimes but i will tell her how to like you know like maybe <laughs> do this or let's change your hair sis <laughs> next up Cormac kelly i love that crazy bitch Cormac kelly is another person that i've kind of gotten closer to during the pandemic having a show together and even though the show ended the friendship is forever there and every time i see her it's always a good time and just knows how to put a smile on your face without even mm-hmm. having to say anything but making a facial expression. Do you hear Zuby Zuby Zoo like in your head all the time? Yes, all the time. Even when I like watch her story and the sound is off, I just hear Zuby Zuby Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next up, Lady Celestina. Lady Celestina. Um, I don't get to work or meet a lot of my fellow AAPI um, peers in nightlife, so I'm glad that I've gotten to know Celestina and she is real Asian. She's such a perfectionist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That stereotype (laughs) is true with Celestina. And yeah, that's like, I I didn't know how everything has to be detailed with her Uh, versus me. Sometimes I'm like, let's just go with the flow and see what happens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Next we have Vicky DeVille. Oh, Vicky DeVille. I haven't worked with her as much as I, used to before the pandemic but um she's still one of my good friends i still talk to her and reach out to her when i need to so i have like no new tea other than she's killing it and slaying it too like seeing her perform everywhere um i'm so happy for her i hope i get to work with her again soon so yeah next sherry poppins sherry poppins ah I love that bitch. I met Sherry because of, I think, going to a Misty Mountain show that she had with, with mm-hmm. Sherry. But then I've also got to see her more having Essence as my daughter when they were together. And now she's one of my co-hosts on my Thursday show. That bitch is wild. And I think um, Sherry is slept on because she does it all. Like the yeah. makeup is drag. The look is drag. The bitch can dance, can do comedy. And I think... People need to you know get get their sleep number checked because y'all sleeping on Sherry Poppins. And she's someone who transcends the borough. She does Brooklyn. She does Queens. She does yes. Manhattan. She can do it all. Unlike me, someone's like, "Oh, we don't book you in Brooklyn because you're too pretty." <laughs> like, excuse me, the girls in Brooklyn are pretty. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next up, Holly Box Springs. Oh, Holly Box Springs was one of the first queens to ever give me a guest spot when I first started in industry. So she holds like a very special place in my heart. Um, and I know she's been wanting to work with me for so long. And every time she asks if I'm available, I'm like, nope, nope, and nope. <laughs> but now that drag is my full-time job, I am more available. And I was so glad to be on board with her for Bombshells. Um, I've learned a lot of hosting skills just watching Holly too, because you know, the girl needs to buy time and she has to change into five outfits. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. All right, next up, we got 
Jacqueline Hyde. Oh, that bitch. Speaking of buying time, she knows how to talk. And um, I never thought we would vibe together because we're so different. But doing bombshells and being a guest at her brunch, we literally go off a tangent with the audience, which is <laughs> having conversation and ha- like talking. So just because you someone performs or does um, performs and does different things than you doesn't mean you guys can work together because me and absolutely me and Jacqueline, it's it's a blast. <laughs> I love that. All right, next up, Misty Mountains. That's another bitch that I truly, truly love. I. She was like, I, I invited her to my birthday dinner in 2021. And she was like, oh, my God, I made the list. <laughs> no, because I, I don't like big birthday parties. I only like invite no more than 15 people. And she was one of the queens that I invited in 2021 because she genuinely is one of the people that checked up on me during the pandemic yeah. and um, kept me booked before COVID and even after with her brunch. And if you've been to La Polperia, it's a crazy brunch, bitch. Mm-hmm. It is always packed. The people are there for a good time and tip you the house down. Yes, they um, but, do. No, oh, oh, Misty will probably hate me. I will spill this tea. Um, <laughs> well, let's she, hear it. The la- last month when I was her guest, I had to do it by myself because I was looking for Misty. They're like, she's downstairs, but I couldn't find her. She comes out of the toilet no tights and she's like i i can't do this you gotta do this so she had a shitty day <laughs> ah! oh my god that's funny that's Misty, the team we look for <laughs> <laughs> all right next up we have tina twirler i actually don't work with tina as much um i have no tea for her other than a lot of people say you should stop wearing your pussycat wig sis <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just kidding, but she's a fabulous dancer. She really is. I I, I did work with her briefly during the Glam Award performance, mm-hmm. but it was just that last minute bit of our group number, and which was no, an incredible group number. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but oh she's God. a she's a fierce dancer. But I I wish I get to work with her more, but I haven't. And yeah, since the Glam Awards. All right next up, Petty Cash. Ah, like I said, I love Petty. It's always a good time with her. And she's one queen that I know I could be shady with and about other queens and whatever we say in the room, we'll stay in the room. <laughs> and I just love how talented you are, bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> Next up, Roque. I love, I fell in love with Roque the moment I met her. And I was the one that introduced her to the Kikis because I was like, Y'all mm-hmm. need to watch this bitch. She was my very first guest um, back at the Stonewall in April 2021 when we were able to finally perform. She was my mm-hmm. first guest because I genuinely fell in love with this queen. Um, I know I make fun of her a lot because she's always down to clown. Like my mm-hmm. favorite thing is always calling her my everything bagel because she puts all those freckles in her <laughs> lips. Like I, I have all these videos of Roque and yeah. Um, I wish I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram I use her a lot for where you can find me this week because mm-hmm. it's just a dumb bitch and just the way she talks I'm like how death get I would love for her to sing the Star Spangled Banner one day <laughs> you know what next time you book her make her do it there it is <laughs> all right let's hear it let's hear the tea on your daughter essence oh uh, my daughter essence 
<laughs> I have like nothing bad to say about these queens this time around. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love Essence. I had not, like, like no one's every, everyone that's come to me and said like, Oh, Essence is your daughter. She's amazing. So she, everyone had good things to say about Essence. Um, and I love that she's very open and she can come to me with, you know, when she's having problems or just things on her mind. And I am the same way too. So Yes, it's a drag mother-daughter relationship, but outside of that, we can actually be friends and express our emotions to one another. Like, we just had a mother-daughter date last week, Wednesday. We went to see Six. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And we just um, talked out, like, some of our issues and problems with our other, you know, venues and people we've worked Mm -hmm. with and just trying to see if we could help each other out to fix it before, you know, so like having that relationship with Essence, I'm so glad I've we've created that, that we can have. Well, I, let me just say, I'm very glad that you weren't her mother uh, during Iconic, during the hashtag Justice for Essence period of time, because I'm sure you would have come for me, even though I voted for Essence to stay, which everyone <laughs> forgets about in this situation. I voted for her to keep staying, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah, but I, t- I tell her in a lot of new queens, sometimes <laughs> losing a competition is the best thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right next up ari kiki ari i love that bitch that she could fall asleep anywhere and i've learned that we are similar in that sense because we ha- went to a christmas party where everyone was playing watching videos on the tv and she and i just passed out for <laughs> what felt like an hour but everyone said it was only like 20 minutes and they had videos of us um so the yeah, no, she's another one. Like, she's not my drag mother, but I call her my drag auntie. I, sh- I can, I, de- I think I definitely go to her more than my own mother if I ever need anything or advice. So thank you, Ari. Next we have Lola Michelle Kiki. Oh, that bitch. I have a, I, I love that bitch to pieces because she is also, she's the first queen to ever bug me at the Stonewall Inn. So I have her for, to thank for that. And um. I just wish you weren't like so sweaty, sis. <laughs> so I, I want to hug her every time I see her. And I'm like, oh, I'm, if people know me, like I don't like the feeling of sweat all over my body. Yeah, so. it's not fun. Not cute. I know right, she next... hates it too, but <laughs> that's all I have to say about Lola. She's great though. Next up, I need a D. I need a D. My only drag sister. <laughs> she's another one i was like girl you need to stop wearing those wigs people are paying you big money to see you (laughs) i'm just kidding now she's a great performer um even though i've done i was started doing drag before her i think i learned a lot of stuff from her too because she just has that personality that you're able to relate to immediately the moment she starts speaking you're like i know that bitch i have a friend like that or i'm like that too you know and she's just a good time. And she's one that really doesn't care about what people have to say or think because she will wear what she wants and but still give you the performance of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I appreciate her for that. And finally, Katrina Lovelace. I hate that bitch. <laughs> she got, no, I, when I first met Katrina, she did not like me because I was too happy. Um, it was because <laughs> Lola called out of a brunch, so... Katrina was the host, I was the guest. And <laughs> and I think it was the pandemic. Before the pandemic, we started getting close, but it was really lockdown that really made us closer. And because she was the one person that was um, regular in my life, as in talking to every day, mm-hmm. um, midday and at night. 
like we would talk multiple times a day um but that bitch uh yeah if i have like no nothing bad to say but if you think you can't learn anything katrina lovelace is one of the people that like i've taught a few things and i'm like you you can teach an old um old dog's new tricks you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) there it is (laughs) um now she's a sister and i know she'll always have my back and yeah and i love our duo together at frescoes because every week we find a way to like make each other laugh or a new joke that we just run along run run with um so if you want to see those jokes it's only at frescoes there it is All right, well, we all change, but sometimes it takes the people around us to really note that change. So we are going to do something called Friendly Encounters. I've asked a couple of your pals to send me a little message about how they've seen you change since the last time you were here. Are you ready? (laughs) No, but let's do it. (laughs) All right, I have four people. I'll let you, well, you can pick either one, two, three, or four to start with. Three. All right, this is from Peaches. Hibiscus is so incredible because that uh, they have always been the bad bitch that we know today. For some reason, folks just weren't paying attention. The growth is that people are finally paying her her flowers. She is one of the most dynamic and best performers in, in NYC and one of the hardest workers I've ever met. If anything has changed, it's her makeup, LOL. You'd have to hound her to ask to see some early pics. oh thank you peaches um no she always reminds me that because like going back before the pandemic like i wasn't as booked and Mm -hmm. i used to ask myself like what am i doing wrong because i do want to do this you know long term and yeah people like peaches always make sure i have my flowers and cheers me on so thank you sis right one two or four let's do two i'm afraid of the bookends (laughs) all right number two I need a D. Ah, Hibiscus is the little big sister I've never had. She always knows how to suggest things or give me tips that help elevate my drag without feeling like I'm being judged. It's been amazing to watch her grow as a queen from when she first started, but but the biggest growth I've noticed now that we have a show together is how easy, fun, and good she is on the mic. When she first started, she wasn't the best, but she wasn't the worst. Some jokes were too blunt or the timing was off and they didn't land. But over time and her putting in the work, I can't do a single show with her without busting out laughing when she gets on the mic. I love her so much and so proud to call her my sister. And that's the thing with, I thank you, Anita. Uh, that's the thing with Anita. Like you, like I said, she doesn't really care about how she looks, but she will always give you the performance of a lifetime. Like, that's one thing I appreciate about Anita and a little improv class for those queens who want to know how to host won't hurt you. Just your wallet for a few months, but you'll make that <laughs> back. There it is. <laughs> All right. One or four. Where are we going? Let's go. I feel like I know who number one is. So let's go four. All right. Number four is from Vicki DeVille. Hibiscus is one of the most talented queens in NYC. Her ability to entertain and captivate the audience is unmatched. I have seen her first starting out at her Stonewall Smackdown show and watched her grow to performing full-blown Broadway production level shows. What I love most is she can excite a crowd, whether it is an intimate small audience or hundreds of people in a crowd. Her style has evolved so much and has become one of my style icons, always keeping it sexy and fresh. 
One thing that has never changed is her naughty sense of humor and ability to keep me smiling. Love her to death, XOXO. Oh, love you, Vicky. No, <laughs> your style icon. I'm like, no, I love, if you've seen Vicky DeVille, she pulls out the fashions, you know? Mm -hmm. So that means a lot coming from her, but it's part of drag, like a, on top of improv. If you want to be here for the long term, improve your looks too. <laughs> there it is. Um, All right, number number one, are you ready for it? It's probably not who you thought because I, I don't think I, Katrina didn't send me anything. She was busy with Lady Gaga, so she forgot to send it. But this is from Misty Mountains. Oh, I was like thinking Katrina, Ari, or Misty. Misty says, I've known Hibiscus for pretty much my whole drag career, and I can tell you there is no performer more professional, kind, and hardworking than her. She's generous and just all-around fun person. As the poet laureate Oprah Winfrey once said, I don't know a better person. Oh, I love Misty. I think she is one of the queens that have really been there for my whole drag career in nightlife. I can't say that for like a lot. Lola, Ari, and Misty are like the ones that's seen me from the very beginning. So that means a lot. I love Misty. Yeah. Well, and that I always have her back. That was huh? friendly encounters. That was uh, your, your friends saying good things about you. <laughs> I know. And, now, like... and guess what? Now you're going to be, uh, I'm going to be hounding you to give me a statement on some people coming up soon. So get ready. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Right. I, I, I have uh, some fan corner questions for you. Uh, this is from Jessica Rose. What's your favorite flower? <laughs> um, believe it or not, it's not hibiscus. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, black calla lilies. Ooh, beautiful. Yes. I, um, my partner got me some for my birthday and I love to dry them and like put them in between books. and oh, I love get them that. Flat. Yeah. I, cool. I, I love flowers and hibiscus is the Hawaii state flower. Mm -hmm. That was my way. Right. A ping and a munch. I love that. Um, this is a question from Katrina Lovelace. Oh boy. Who is one performer you would not work with again and why? <laughs> uh, do I have to answer that? Oh, who is one performer? That if I you don't want to say name, you can you can give hints. Um uh, just someone who's very unperf um, like I said be on time that is my mm -hmm. advice for people there is a performer they know that the call time was 7.45 and I'm starting my show no later than 8.15 I even held back till 8.30 for this one performer because they said they were about to leave their house and they live very far from the venue so that is like one of my pet peeves and I don't think I'll ever book that performer again and I haven't since that last time, especially if I told you I'm going to pay you. Right. Too. So. See, my, my thing for drag performers, this is maybe it's my thing, but we'll go with it. Being on time is number one, most important. The other thing, and I know it's a little touchy. Some people disagree. Some people don't. You got to be able to promote. You have to promote your show. I know the, the venues don't always do it, but you have to be very persistent at promoting, especially if you are happening to be in like a big cast show. Y'all got to do it together because then you storm people and people yes. see. But if you are like one, I don't need to do it. Everyone else is doing it. And everyone else has that same mindset. It doesn't get promoted. No, I agree. I agree, especially when it's a big group. You know, you mm -hmm. can cover so many different like grounds. Um, no, I agree. Promote your shows. 
and that's the other thing is this person only per- only reposted and never actually even made their own story too yep that kills me that's what kills me with the podcast sometimes and some of my guests just like share it i'm like did you have a good time do you want to say what you talked about just just a little blurb just, just a little blurb that's a that's a good my thank grievance. you for letting me know that yes no but, all right um, this is this no, last yeah. question is from anonymous okay lola or katrina for what <laughs> that's just the um, question I think working with and doing a show just because I've done it like a lot more and we have our um, we have our routines. I'd say Katrina, but I do think Lola's fishier. <laughs> ooh, ooh, there it is, there it is, and I can't wait for the family civil war. <laughs> Well, you have been on the show before, so you know that I always have my previous guests ask my current guest a question. But for the Block Talk Back, we turn things around a little bit, where you are going to answer the question you asked my next guest. So the question you asked then was, if you were to have a movie of your life, who would you want to be the lead? So you get to answer your own question. Um... Aquafina. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. We, we're we're okay with Aquafina. I know she's been a little problematic in in recent years. Yes. Um, but that bitch is very very successful right now with like multiple Disney franchises. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because she's she's very like eh, like like very chill, but you know mm-hmm. knows how to get the work done. It seems like she'd get that vibe. I also loved her in um, was it Oceans. Uh, whatever the eight, ocean, 11 yes. 8 12 35 something some, one of those yes the female the, version the female version like i loved her like in that you know yeah in that movie um she was very good in shang chi very good vo- voice actress in raya um we love it love yes. representation yes 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 and farewell right. i enjoyed her there too mm-hmm. and she was very good as the voice of the seven line for that one period of time mm-hmm <laughs> All right. Well, you've been on the show before. You know what I do. I ask, you tell. Well, now you get your chance to ask me anything. Mm, what? I, I don't think I've heard um, heard you answer this on like the um, podcast I've listened to. But what has been like a highlight of like the whole pandemic so far for you? I know you've talked about, you know, like, struggles and things that change because i've listened to a mm-hmm. few but what is like the highlights and the happy and like things that should be celebrated during well um, i think the whole- biggest highlight for me and i'm glad you asked this thank you is while i used to do the podcast in person all the time it did allow me to open up the podcast to interview people from all over the world literally um as much as I don't love having to recap every single episode of Drag Race, and it's it's a lot, but it's gotten me to get to this recent milestone of episode 500. Um, as I've said on the podcast before, how many drag artists in New York City have been able to do 500 of the same show? Like, it's very, very few. So for me, this has been an incredible accomplishment is to not only be able to do the podcast to get to this point, but to bring in so many new artists and voices and people to celebrate all these little things we love, whether it is Survivor or or Big Brother or Drag Race, Disney, whatever it is, 
it's an opportunity for me to connect with people during a time where we didn't have the chance to connect because we were all so isolated. So I am thankful um, for the opportunities that the podcast has brought out and, and hopefully more things will come. I mean, I got to go to LA for DragCon this year, which was brilliant. Um, fingers crossed. I might actually get to go to UK for DragCon. Uh, we're still waiting for that. Yes. Um, if that's going to happen, get ready for a fundraiser because actually I'm going to need to do a fundraiser because that's expensive. No, um, yes. Hopefully people will support me because my biggest fear is like, I know there are people who who do fundraisers for like pageants and have everyone do like a little number or whatever. I, I I feel like this is my pageant and I hope people would be able to support me in that way and understand this is my job. Yes, but also that opportunity is something I wouldn't be able to do on my own. So hopefully that'll be a chance, but. Well, I'll be there to support you in what I, in, you. I in any capacity that I can. But no, I, I always like I heard you know um, you talk about things and struggles and you know changes during the pandemic. But I've always wanted to know like what are your highlights and what yeah the happy yeah th- thing. I mean th- this has definitely been a highlight. Um, just because I'm I'm excited to again be able to share like everyone who's been on the show just this past year, and it's a huge list, and that's that's what's so amazing. Yeah. That's right, really well, that's that's awesome. Who would you like to hear come back for a block talk back? Um ooh. has Petty come back or has Petty? She has not. She she's been on before, she hasn't come back yet. I would like to hear Petty, um, because mm-hmm. she's another one I feel like has super um, you know, glowed up since before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely post pandemic. Um has Ari Kiki done before? We, I just had Ari Kiki on this year. So we had her on. That's what I, like, I know um, you had her this year, but you, you yeah, didn't have her. It was, yeah, th- that was her first time on. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely people in that first 100 episodes that like, you included where I was like, okay, it's been like four years. We should see what's been going on. Yeah. Um, I think Petty should come back. Yeah. <laughs> and right, I would well, like to hear Audrey too. Absolutely. Audrey too, like the plant in yes, Shop of Hearts, that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I'm here for it. All right, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any more projects you want to plug? Um, I am at Twitter where I'm shady, um, Instagram where I'm pretty, and <laughs> Venmo where I want money. I'm just kidding. At It's Hibiscus, that is I-T-S-H-I-B-I-S-C-U-S. Amazing. Well, it is an honor being able to chat with you again. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a, it's my pleasure. This is always a good time to see your face and just to talk about things we love. <laughs> Absolutely.